Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good evening. Good evening if you're in the UK. Good afternoon if you're joining us from the US and anywhere in between. Good morning, uh, wherever you might be. Uh, it is episode five of Two Guys and my good, good friend, Jared, who will just be jumping into this chat just in a little second. And um, hey, what's hey, Jared. Never know what's going to come on the end there. Very nice. yeah. How are very you? Lively. Hello today, Jared. Uh, from Lovely. How are you doing over in New Jersey? I'm excited today. Pumped. I'm ready. I'm the Adam. I do. I look forward to these conversations. It's like not everything else is just in the way. I just want these conversations <laughs> to just get here and, and just happen. So I'm good. How about you? How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm exactly, exactly the same. It's, it's one of the highlights of my week. And um, yeah, we've got, we've got some great stuff to share with everyone uh, again today. And I just thought I'd give these guys a little bit of background, Jared, as to what, what we're doing, what it's all about and stuff, just in case they haven't joined us for a previous Instagram Live. So basically, Jared and myself, we meet up every two weeks and we share a variety of different acting techniques. And um, we've this is now episode five of Two Guys Talking Craft. Um, I know, crazy, right? Um, yeah. And in the past, what was the sort of things we've shared in the past, Jared, just off the top of your head? What have we shared in previous episodes? Uh, other, um, gosh, uh, other topics uh, from the past. <sighs> You're putting me on the spot. I have to go back. It's been so long. <laughs> we've, we've had a few, right? I mean, we've, uh, we did a bit of uh, the skills of Stanislavski. Uh, we, we did, did that. a bit of Meisner. Meisner. Yeah, we did a, a bit of Meisner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we've looked at subtext. So if you want to dive in. And breathing. Yeah, we did breathing techniques and centering techniques um, and the reality of the moment. Those are the other ones that we've that we've covered. Of course. Um, and even though we do these live, Jared, right, people can catch up with us uh, now in podcast form if they've missed any of that. Um, yeah. We have our, those links. I think uh, it's on your website, Actors Approach, right? And I have it in my bio on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, you can catch it currently on the Unstoppable Acting Studio YouTube if you've missed any eps. But it brings us to today's episode, uh, Jared. And I guess also a bit of the premise as to why we are sharing these things why we're sharing loads and loads of stuff about acting technique what what is a huge huge passion of ours um it's something that we're, we're really really into but we often talk about that right in this day and age in this crazy crazy times that the world's in right now that building a skill set is never going to be something that disappears it's never going to be something that you can't use so regardless of what state the industry is in um regardless if you're feeling a little bit trapped just now a little bit lost Learning and honing skills is always, always going to be a useful thing. Would that be fair to say, Jared? Completely agree. Yeah, I, I've been on this lifelong journey of learning uh, for too many decades than I want to admit. Um, and yeah, you're right. In this time of isolation and quarantine, it's a fantastic opportunity and a fantastic time for people to take that extra time where they normally don't have it, they're commuting to and from work, they have other obligations. Now there's a lot of extra hours in the day. So take the time to work on some of the skills to help you fill your toolbox so that any, any challenge that you face with a script, 
with a production, any kind, you've got an opportunity to challenge that and overcome those obstacles in your way with some new acquired acting craft skills. So yeah, it's a, it's a great time to learn. Fantastic. And um, that, that is what we're here for, guys. We're here to help you as much as we can to add as much value to you guys as we can as well. So please uh, get involved, jump into this chat as, as we're going through today's workshop. We want it to be as interactive as possible. We'd like you to get involved as much as you possibly can. So please jump in there. And hey, let us know where you're joining us from as well. We, I'm here from Scotland. Jared's from New Jersey. Uh, we'd be really interested to see where in the world you're joining us from. Uh, so, without further ado, Jared, what have we got on our plates today? What are we serving up on this menu? Yeah, so today we're going to be exploring how to make some deep connections to the material by looking at the evidence in the script, by asking ourselves some very pointed and poignant questions. That's the foundation of your understanding of the script. And then from there, launching into how we have a, an even deeper connection to the material by leveraging a technique called endowments, which is all around embedding or endowing meaningful history, whether it's real history or imagined history, into all the props that you interact with. And I'll use props as, a, as an umbrella term for the set, the costumes, the location. And so we're looking at some evidence with inside the script, as well as an acting craft technique called endowments that are going to help you connect deeply to the material. Fantastic. And hopefully if you stick with us for the course today, you will leave uh, this session with two instantly actionable techniques that you can use again and again and again. That's our aim here. So, um, so without further ado, shall we dive into the world of evidence, uh, Jared? Shall we have a little look at that? Yeah, so, yeah please. Um, yeah, let's do that. So today um, is all about finding ways to deeply connect with the material that you are working on. And uh, Jared and I, in these sessions, we sort of switch up roles. Um, I will be coaching this, this, this part of uh, the session, and Jared will be our actor uh, in the spotlight right now. So um, and we'll switch around a little bit later on. Um, so Jared, I have got you to do a little bit of homework uh, up to this point, right? So just so everybody knows, this isn't sort of fresh information that just Jared is, is pulling out of his head organically right now. But I guess this technique that, that we're about to share of evidence, what it centers around is, you might use this, say, if you've been given an addition and you have very limited time to sort of prepare yourself to get in the, the modality of everything that you might be required to think about in order to go into that scene and be as specific as possible, to be able to make some specific choices that are justified within the text. And I, I just shared a post earlier on today uh, talking about that. When you read a script for the first time, as, as tempting as it is, it's, it's really important that you maybe don't look at it through the lens of being a character right away or look at it through the lens of being an actor right away, that you kind of look at the whole picture, the, the, the whole thing, right? And you kind of try to enjoy it for what the writer's written, right? the writer's intentions. Because basically your job as an actor is to serve the text in some way, yeah? to serve your fellow actors, to serve the director, but it is to serve the text. It isn't to serve yourself. And as much as you want to go into those audition situations and really, really impress the panel that you're performing in front of, the casting directors, 
you maybe do yourself a disservice if you're bringing all the attention onto just look what I can do, look how amazing I can be. So it's a really, really good idea to find ways to connect deeply with the material that you're working on, with the text. And also, when, you, when you've got an addition, you have very limited time to prepare. So hopefully this tool of evidence, what it allows you to do is unlock some major, major ideas about the text that maybe doesn't take hours and hours and hours to prepare uh, for it. Um, so Jared, you, you, you did the exercise just um, before this call. What, how long did it take you roughly to, to organize this? How many, how many minutes, how long did it take you to prep? Well, you, you, you sent me a list of questions for me to give thought to, um, gather data and facts from the script, and maybe there's, I don't know, up to 10 questions, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, it probably took me about 15 minutes of work but I was really stopping to think about um, the questions because what I was discovering along the way, and this is always a, a good thing, is that when you stop and think about the text, you become very purposeful. And in addition to just getting the answer to the question, it made me stop and think and it sort of took, not necessarily down a rabbit hole, but it took me down uh, one question led to another question led to another question. Well, why is this happening? What, what's the purpose of this? And it really gave me an opportunity to step back, think about why the playwright wrote, wrote what the playwright wrote, give a little more thought to what's happening in the scene, give a little bit more thought and compassion to the character and their circumstances, as opposed to uh, plugging ahead and trying to figure out how am I going to do this role? How am I going to deliver this moment? I put all that to the side and I just looked at the facts mm. and I laid myself, you know, a solid foundation upon which I could then build from. So I, I wasn't trying to rush through it. Um, yes. And I think you probably shouldn't try to rush through it. You know, you take the time that you need to take. Um, I was also thinking that even if you you only did two or three of the questions that you had sent me. It's probably more than a lot of people are even giving thought to. So just exactly. giving pause and being thoughtful, uh, I, I think can help. Great. So pick, picking apart a few things that you that you said there. So first of all, hopefully this technique, and as Jared said, it is sort of ten questions that you can ask yourself. And uh, it took Jared, even if he was given it, great great thought about fifteen minutes to. To do it might take longer, it might take shorter for you. But the idea being, when you've got so much to think about when you're prepping for an edition, so much you, you want to give to that edition, this is hopefully quite a quick through line in giving yourself, and that's another thing you said, Jared, a firm foundation of where the character's coming from, what the scene's about, what the purpose of the scene is in comparison to the whole play. And you're not just looking at things from the lens of, I'm going in and I want to impress and I want to show these casting directors what I can do. Of course, you want to do all that stuff as well, but perhaps you'll make your, your case even stronger if you know these things and if you can start engaging in some deeper conversation about the intentions of the playwright, about the purpose of the scene, about why the other characters are there, all that stuff. So that's the whole 10 questions that can unlock all of these things uh, for you guys in quite a quick way. And um, I also, before we start this exercise, I understand that yeah, we can get quite bogged down in the preparation side of things, like these character preparation activities and exercises uh, as actors as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, like it's it's a lot of fun once you jump down to use the term that you use, Jared, jump down that rabbit hole to to maybe know what your 
you know, character likes to have for breakfast and uh, what their dog's name is and all that stuff that you might flesh out sort of later on. But these are your sort of essential, maybe need to know things um, without getting too bogged down and without getting too crazy about details and stuff like that. So uh, without further ado, what, what scene, first of all, Jared, and what character are we looking at to do this 10 question evidence activity? Sure. Yeah, so I, I looked at one of uh, my favorite plays, so Death of a Salesman, and I'm looking at the scene where Willie Loman goes into Howard's office to ask for uh, a non-traveling sales job, um, and his wife is, you know, tasked him with asking for an advance uh, to pay for the insurance as well. But it's it's all around um, Willie and Howard. Uh, the young boss, the the son of uh, Willie's original boss, um, and it's the the two of them by themselves, and Willie has a very specific intention with what he's come in to do. Yes, perfect. That's a great, great bit of background there before we dive in. So, uh, Death of a Salesman, probably one of the most well-known plays out there um, in theatre history. Um, obviously, Arthur Miller and. If you don't know the play, that's absolutely fine as well. Hopefully you can jump in and sort of feel you can get involved with some of these questions and, and how Jared's answered them and things as well. We've got a wave from reality glitch, glitch, I think. But hello, hello, good to see hello. you. Good to, thank you for joining us. Um, so, Jared, my first question when I um, said, so we, we, we just want to do some basics yeah. sort of here of bit of background about the character, right? And I've got to say, anybody joining us and you want access to these uh, evidence questions that Jared and I are about to work on right now, it's, it's a struggle to sort of share them right now in the Instagram Live. But if you would like, or if you listen to the podcast, if you would like these questions sent to you, just drop a message. Drop a message to Unstoppable Acting Studio or Jared the Actors Approach, because uh, he has them as well. And we're happy to share with you the questions. But first of all, uh, we just got some basic, basic ideas about the characters. Full name, age, physical appearance, occupation, social status, and well, maybe uh, important relationships. We'll just do that that whole section yeah, first of all, Jared. So just a rundown of those, please. Yeah, I mean, so I, I could probably talk for I don't know five, six minutes on just the name, you know. So I think to me, when I look at uh, Willie Loman, it's incredibly telling so willie is short for william it seems like a very strong name william is a strong name willie seems fun lot lively i see why a willie would be a sales guy um, another nickname for uh for william is bill and bill is another name for money and there's this theme of money throughout and we haven't even left the first name right and then clearly <laughs> Loman, low man, it's it's so evident within inside the character's name who Willie is at his core, right? There's there's some juxtaposition of William who seems very strong and low man, low man, um, the antithesis of that. And so as an actor, just looking at the name alone, if I if I didn't ask myself any of the other questions, and I just analyzed uh, or interpreted my understanding of the name Willie Loman, I already have a sense of where I may go with the character. Sure. No, it, it, yeah, you can instantly feel like, like the, um, yeah, the significance of Willie, you know, like um, the fun guy, the salesman and stuff like that, like has a very different feel to the William. Love that. Love that. Um, so physical appearance, I guess, 
I mean, you are tied as an actor somewhat to your actual physical appearance and, and what yep, you look sure. like, you know. But I guess at this point, you know, were you able to picture in your head a bit about what he looks like? Yeah, I mean, there's some very clear char physical character obligations within the script. I can't go off and create something that's in conflict with the reality of what the lines are in the script. And clearly there's some um, mental issues going on. He's losing lucidity. He's, uh, you know, roughly 60, you know, young 60, 63-ish. And he's losing his capacity to think things through. He's having these these fantasy conversations with his brother, all of that is translating into a withering physical state. Mm -hmm. And some of the beautiful productions of Death of a Salesman that I've seen have been because the actor understands the physical journey of starting strong and slowly crumbling into nothingness. Mm -hmm. that the physical stature at the beginning um, is not where he is at the end. And, and if you start the playoff already very small and crumbling, you've got nowhere to go but the floor. Mm -hmm. And so from a physical state, you know, th this particular scene, he's energized, he's revived. He, you know, his sons have energized him with, you know, their, their, their vision of their future. He's inspired. So he's gone in. So he's got a little bit of bravado. Um, but even with inside this scene, the, phys the physicality, uh, he doesn't have the strength to maintain it. Mm, mm, that is excellent. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Um, so next up, we, we've got occupation, um, which which might bleed into social status as well, right? It's, it's, uh, sure. Especially yeah. in this play, right? Uh, you know, I'm a bag-carrying sales guy. I'm out on the road, you know, hawking my goods in every town that I could possibly hawk them in. You know, and I've got my samples in my suitcase and I'm knocking door to door. I'm knocking on, um, you know, business and business. And I'm just trying to sell my product, hawk my wares. And I've done well over the years. I've worked really hard. I've had a really good, uh, you know, outbound sales career. I've been on the road um, and that's afforded me the ability to uh, have a house. I'd say I'm, I'm probably middle class, lower to middle class, but not upper middle class, certainly not low, low class. And so that status allows me to provide for my family uh, a house, a car, food, things like that. Sure. sure. It's been very rough lately, though. You know, mm -hmm. I have not been selling well lately. I have not been bringing in the money. I have been missing my bills. I have been late. I don't have the money that, you know, that I once had. I've got a, you know, very ashamed by this, but borrow money from my neighbor. Um, and so I'm trying to hide all of that from, you know, from my wife. And all of that puts me into a status where I need to, I need the world to see me as middle class. But the reality is if you actually looked at the, the balance on my checking account, it, it's not justified. Mm, mm. No, I, and note that as well, guys. <laughs> Jared is talking about this. He's, he's constantly saying, "I, I, I." It's he's, he's, he's sort of convincing himself into this this world more and more and more. You know, it's not, it's not about he. It's not about a character that he's talking about. He, he's putting himself in that place. Hello, Urcock uh, official. Good of you to join us. And um, if you're just joining us just now, what we are doing is we're going through uh, some evidence. Uh, this is an acting technique that I learned from an acting coach years ago. Um, and it's ten questions you can ask yourself to get a deep uh, understanding connection with the material that takes quite a short time to, to jump in. Uh, and nice to see you as well from South Africa. Fantastic. Welcome. Excellent. Welcome, welcome from South Africa. Um, Anywhere near Johannesburg? 
I've got friends from Johannesburg. Uh, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, this one we could really spend a lot of time on, I guess, is the important relationships that Willie Loman has. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and, and Jared's talking about Willie Loman and Death of the Salesman, if you've just joined us. Um, I, guess, I guess sort of, yeah, need to know important relationships uh, that Willie Loman has in the pool. Uh, well, my wife, uh, clearly, you know, that's a, a, a woman that I love and respect. And I, I think that everything that I'm doing throughout this play is in an effort to uh, protect. I, I, you know, Jared, the actor, is looking at this and probably saying, you know, Willie Loman is making some wrong choices, but what he's attempting to do throughout is for the purposes of loving and protecting and caring for his wife and his uh, his two sons. So it's the wife, the two sons, uh, Biff and Happy, are two uh, very important relationships. Um, the other the other character in the play that is a pivotal relationship is Ben. Uh, the older brother who he has these fantasy conversations with and aspires to, to just to, to have a beautiful, wonderful life with and like his brother. Uh, there's the neighbor, Charlie, uh, next door. There's some, um, there's some tension there, for sure. Uh, Charlie's the one that's siphoning some money to Willie to, uh, to offset his poor performance on the road. Um, and then Howard. Um, the 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 son of the original boss, so Willie's you know my new boss. Those are all the uh, I, I think the key relationships. Fantastic. And and how many? And just just um, an interesting. Question, how many of those people that you brought up there, Jared, is actually in the scene that we're talking about right now? How many? Oh, of just them? one. Just the yeah, one, right? Just one. Um, physically. Yeah, yeah, physically, physically. In the scene. exactly. But Jared isn't shutting himself off from all of these important relationships because. Yeah. You've got to understand, right, that this character is a living, breathing, three-dimensional person who has had these experiences, who's had these relationships, and it's so, so important. Even though the specific scene you're maybe taking into an audition or whatever, uh, the people aren't in that scene, that you know this whole world of the play, this whole sort of background. So um, all of those things are as important, right, as the as the guys going into the scene with, you know? Yeah, I, just because my wife and and sons are not physically in the scene they don't know they're physically not there it doesn't mean that they're not ever present in my mind what i am fighting for and why i'm fighting for it is because of them and so everything that i do is then affected everything that i hear and receive is then affected because of those important relationships and if i'm only if i'm only thinking about what it is that i want and what it is that i'm fighting for and i forget about why I'm fighting for it and who I'm fighting for, then I really have lost my way. 100%. 100%. By the way, I, I want to just say this. This conversation, I, I feel, is so important. Um, we're, we're on question one. And, <laughs> you know, let, let's just push pause on the endowments piece. Let's not rush through this at all. We can, you know, we can take the endowments and do it on another day. Uh, I mean, if you're okay with that, I, I want to dig in and just yeah. make sure that we're having a really good conversation about this. Yeah, 100%. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and, and we do. We, we want to show you guys the real, real value to this as well. And Jared is absolutely right. I mean, we've, we've literally, I mean, in the evidence questions right now, that, that is sort of one 
section, but you can already, if you've joined us for that first section of this, these 10 questions, you can see just how much Jared is able to sort of paint life into this character, right? So even if he'd never, you know, actually acted before, um, you know, in this character's shoes and he's never even done a scene yet, he's already being able to make some concrete choices, specifics as to what he does as an actor based on his wealth of knowledge about the play, you know? And, and of course, like, it will take a bit of time to read the actual play in the first, the first instance, right? But the idea being that this actual exercise, yeah, will, will be quite a, a short, succinct one that you get all the need to know is going into a scene as you practice. Um, so yeah, next up, Jared, we have, what has this character done up to this point in the play? And before, I guess before you answer this, just a little bit about the significance of that, that quite often we forget that, um, act, you know, our characters, they have a life beyond the moment that we're playing, right? So even if this is the, the very beginning of a scene, uh, of, a, of a play, there has been a life that's come before it. You know, it's quite important to paint that picture in your head of what has come before this moment. But I guess in, in your in your instance there, Jared, there has been things happening in the play up to this point, right? Quite, quite a bit. Yeah, for 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 sure. I mean, I I've been on the road um, a lot, you know, and not succeeding very well. Um, I, I I think everybody who who knows. I'm going to ruin the end of the play um, for everybody. <laughs> it's a famous but, play. <laughs> but yeah, but it's a famous play. We, we know that Willie is on this downward spiral, this trajectory to, to take his own life, get the insurance money, you know, help, help the family in the only way that he can. It's a, it's a, it's a tragic, tragic play. So look, I, I've made attempts on my life. Um, you know, potentially I'm driving off the road, um, falling asleep. Uh, maybe on purpose, maybe not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm removing a hose um, to, to breathe, you know, the gas in down, down in the basement. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm working on my plan. Those are things that I have done. Um, but specifically, the, the moment before is, to me is so important, right? So I, I sort of looked at that question, what has the character done up to this point in the play? There's a lot of stuff that defines who I am and, and my life experiences. Um, critically important and equally critically important is the, the real moment before. Like, where did I just come from? Because mm -hmm. where I just came from and what just happened there absolutely influences my entire state of being, my emotional state, my energy, my physicality, my intention, what I want, right? And so in this play, me knowing that I, you know, prior to me having this conversation with Howard about let me have a job where I'm not on the road. Get, you know, give me an advance on, on my uh, on my money. Uh, I, I just came from home, and I'm inspired by my sons. I, I'm 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 feeling energized with the love of my wife, and I'm feeling like I've got uh, I've got a path to success. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I imagine that while I'm driving from my house to the office, I'm having this imaginary dialogue, you know, in my head about how I'm going to be talking to Howard, what I'm going to be saying to him and how he's going to be answering me and what he's going to be giving me back. And when that doesn't happen, because the script doesn't allow it to happen, that shatters me. And so if I don't know where I've just come from and what my expectations are, 
uh, and I'm just going in, just having this dialogue, uh, it, it does not have as much of a profound effect and impact on me as it would had I been, you know, we've done this before. You drive and you have these imaginary conversations with great expectation, mm -hmm. and then it just doesn't play out the way that you hope. <laughs> so yeah. if, I, if I don't give that thought, um, yeah. then the impact of what Howard actually tells me, ultimately no, um, doesn't pierce my heart as hard. I, I love it. I, um, I know it's Dale just joined us. I don't know if you know Dale, Jared, but I've been connecting a bit with Dale on social media. Good to see you, Dale. Um, I, I love that. Like, just to pick apart a little bit about what you're saying, because that was going to be my next question is not only, you know, because you obviously very much understand intellectually about what the character has done up to this point in the play. Note, guys, that Jared is talking about how that is going to affect him going into the scene you know how is that going to affect him emotionally sort of physically already he's, he's he's sort of trying to inhabit those those thoughts he's not just understanding it on an intellectual basis he's thinking how he's going to use that as an actor as well and i think that's that's key key to to these questions you know um because it's great you can talk about it and stuff but it's it's how you're going to use it how is it going to inherit the scene that you're going to be working on so that's lovely to hear um this this one's a funny one. This this next one, like what what time of day it is, or what time of day is it? You know, um, but I think it is that. You know, quite often when we're walking into <laughs> an addition room and it's all sort of like uh, bright lights or whatever, um, it's very hard to get the specifics of where we're at, wherever we're at in the scene, and it's it's very important, right? Because how a character will be in the morning compared to the afternoon compared to the evening, Absolutely. it's going to be very very different. Sometimes you can pick clues from the play about this, but sometimes you just need to sort of make a you know, informed decision, right? So what, yeah. what did you come up with for this one? Morning, you know, before lunch. Um, yeah. I, I've left my house in the morning and come over. And the and this is what, to me, this is one of the most overlooked aspects of auditions and, and performances too, is the environment that you're in. And that's the time of day, the time of year, the temperature, the, the physical surroundings influence you greatly. I mean, you think about it, do you feel as energized and pumped up to go out dancing in the club at 8 a.m. in the morning versus, you know, 10 p.m. at night? I guess it depends upon your age. Um, you know, does, this, does the sunset or the sunrise impact you, uh, you know, more or less? I, look, yeah. as, I get old, as I get older, you know, th things are shifting. You know, 10 o'clock is that's bedtime now. That's not time to go out you know, to, to the clubs. <laughs> But yeah, a, a lot of times nighttime, you you are impacted and affected very differently than you are at uh, at night. First thing in the morning, I haven't been through all the struggles of the day. Yeah, I, I don't have any distractions. I'm ready. I've got my plan. I'm ready to go. Nothing has stopped me from accomplishing it. Nothing has really affected me negatively that's going to get in my way. So I'm very pure. I'm present and, and I'm ready to go. Fantastic. And, and this is it. Like, I mean, to write down that question, right, to answer that question in the written form of I'm, I'm going to say it's sort of late morning, takes you a couple of seconds. But look at just how much as Jared starts talking about it. I know he was talking about early morning, evening and stuff like that. You're able to unpack just from that decision. And I, I guess from Willie Loman's point of view, if he's doing this sort of late morning, this is a big part of his his day. You know, this is a significant part of his day that he's chosen. He wants to do this sort of, you know, uh, in the morning time, he wants it to, you know, be over with and hopefully he can have a great day the rest of the day after he's went and meet Howard and stuff like that. Makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah, what, what's up, Dale? Nice to, nice to see you. 
Um, Dale has a great philosophy uh, on on acting as well, Jared. You want to you want to connect with this guy. Um, great. I love what he's been speaking about. Um, so next up, we have already talked about this a little bit already, <laughs> but who is on stage? Um, and within this, you can talk about the immediate space that you are in on the stage, but also starting to imagine, you know, elsewhere in the the, the immediate vicinity uh, that you're in as well. Yeah. Um, so myself and Howard. Those are the, the, the two people that are actually physically on stage inside this office. I mean, you have to imagine that just beyond the door and all the people that I passed as I walked in, immediately outside is going to be his you know, executive admin uh, sitting there. Um, and then there's, this is the, uh, the corporate um, headquarters. So you've got all of the non-traveling sales folks, the, the job that I desire to have now, as well as all of the other um, administration type roles. Uh, human resources, finance, uh, accounting, manufacturing, right? They're all there. Uh, mm. And so how do they view me? How mm -hmm. did they view me? And how do they view me now? And am I aware of that? And so as I enter the scene, have I been affected in some way from all the people that I have passed by, said good morning to, been affected by, been dismissed by? Right. So that, that becomes a, a choice to help me as an actor. And the thing that I want, look, the thing that I want to do as an actor, and I'll say this as an acting teacher, is I want to give myself more obstacles to overcome so that I have things to fight through, to fight for, so that the audience can see me overcome them and come along that journey with me. Most actors are going to take the easy path and go the opposite way. My instinct is to say, put a lot of hurdles for me to, to jump over and fight through while I'm on stage. Mm. So in, in my mind, uh, I was not welcomed with a hello, hey, Willie, you're the best. I was not um, immediately shown right into the door uh, to go in to see, Howard's, uh, to see Howard, right? There's a lot of things that are weighing on me before I even get there that I've got to overcome and fight fight for because... If I allow that to take hold of me, I'm never going to achieve my goal of getting that non-traveling sales job. It's never going to mm. happen, right? And mm. so I immediate, and as an actor, if I just go in and, and I don't even think about the, the actual moment before and, and the people that are physically there, but just off stage, I make my job too easy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and, and there's that moment before, but I guess it also is pertaining to the actual moment that you're in as well, that... If there's raised voices, if there's, you know, if this conversation gets a bit lively, other people are going to hear that as well. How comfortable Absolutely. is Willie Roman with, with that and his reputation and stuff? And also the immediate, once he leaves the room, he knows he's walking out into that atmosphere again as That's well. Right. And how does that make him feel as he walks out, you know? So yeah. it is just because in the script, it is these two people, you can really, really enhance, you know, your, your choices as an actor and add, add these obstacles, as you were saying, Janet, just by mm -hmm. imagining, Who's beyond those walls? Who, who might be outside there? You brought up two really important points, and I don't want to blow past them. So if I know that there are people just on the outside of that door that potentially could hear what I am saying, and that puts me into a vulnerable state, that will immediately influence just how I communicate what I want to tell that person, right? And so if I want to make sure that they can't hear me, I will be 
as an actor, I'm going to make this choice, but as a character, right, that I am going to come in and have an intimate conversation with you because mm -hmm. I don't want to have anybody outside hear this. This is just between me and you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not conscious of that, then I'm just, uh, I, I have freedom to do whatever I want. And I want many more obstacles. So absolutely, mm -hmm. you have to give yeah. thought about what you're saying and how your environment and surroundings impact your ability to share that freely. Yes, yes. And then the other thing you said was, where am I going after? It's so important to know wh what, are, what are my expectations after I accomplish my goal? What am I doing? Where am I headed? And so in my mind, this imaginary conversation that I had on, on the drive in, after I've walked in, you know, high-fived everybody because they love me, and I go and I accomplish my goal of getting this non-traveling sales job, when I leave, they're all loving me and high-fiving me, and oh, Willie, can't wait for you to see you in the office, and can't wait to work side by side. You'll teach us so much. Yeah, yeah. And if I have that expectation about how loved I'm going to be when I leave the office, and realized how ashamed and vulnerable I am at the end before I leave, if I haven't given thought to that, I, I am not penetrated as deeply as I should mm -hmm. be. Yeah, yeah. so you, you, yeah, those two points that you brought up are so important to think about. Yeah, and, and I think from an audience's point of view as well, right, just going, going back to the whole present moment thing, they're, they're thinking about that. Like the audience are making their yeah. own readings into the world of the play, into the performance and stuff. And they'll be thinking, right, okay, who's outside the room in this office? They're making those assumptions. So just never take for granted just how much detail the audience will be reading into all these things as well, I guess, right? Yep. Don't forget about that too. Um, and yet again, how, how long did it take you to write who is on stage and who's elsewhere? <laughs> right. Not that long, right? But how many implications long. does that add right. to you when you're going into this scene? It's just endless, right? It's just giving you yeah. so, so much to work from. That's um, that rabbit hole that I was talking to you about is that it, 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 it made me stop and, th and give a lot of thought to all this stuff that wasn't the literal answer of that question. Amazing. No, it's fantastic. I, this is going deeper than I ever thought it would, Jared. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised when I'm talking to you. Um, so uh, this, yeah, this one. So why is everyone here? And before we go into this, I'll just clarify the question. Why is everyone here? What you're deciding as an actor at this point is why is everybody that's that's in that immediate vicinity you don't need to be talking about the human resources and the receptionist and all that stuff yeah. but everybody in the immediate vicinity why are they here you're not just deciding why your own character is there but you're also deciding why this this counterpart this other person you're in the scene with why are they there as well so it's very important to consider those two things so what, what did you come up with for this jared i mean clearly i'm there to request a change in my job so that I no longer have uh, to be on the road, you know, to, to work from, uh, from the, the corporate office so that I can um, have a, a, more, a more balanced quality of life. That's why I'm there, right? Howard's there because he's the boss. He's got a job to do. Um, he doesn't know necessarily that this conversation is going to be happening. Um, he happens to be there um, also playing. This is something we didn't bring up yet about uh, who's on stage. So in the scene, he's playing with his new audio recording device, and he's playing back a tape of recordings from the night before with his, with his kid, his family. And he's enjoying that. So on the stage is this other child, this voice of this uh, Howard's child, 
And so when I hear that, how do I relate father to father, right? Can I leverage that dad to dad, fa you know, father-son relationship in order to help him see why granting me my request um, is valid, why he should do that, right? Well, he's there, you know, he, he's there to, to run the company um, and to play a little bit and enjoy his new recording device. And instantly, there's another obstacle that's in place for Willie Loman, right? That he's went in wanting to talk to the business. As you see, he's done this car talk beforehand. Yeah. He's got this perfect way of how it's going to play out. Probably in his wildest dreams, he didn't imagine he'd walk in and Howard is busy playing with this recording thing, being like, look at this neat new gadget that I've got, this, yeah. this great device. And instantly, going to be, pull yourself away from that because I've got something quite important to say here. You know, so he's got to maneuver around that as well. It's a huge yeah. obstacle. Yeah. 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 And and if an actor didn't consider why that other person is there, like what they're experiencing, what their reality is in that moment, then you yeah. could shut yourself off from picking up on that that potential obstacle for your character as well, I guess, right? Completely agree. Yeah. Great stuff. Um so yeah, I guess we have talked about this one a little bit already. Um, but what happened immediately before the beginning of the scene? And I guess I, I, you're probably going to do this anyway, Jared, but I guess what happened before the beginning of the scene and how is that going to affect you as an actor going into the scene? Yeah, we, we touched on it uh, before, right? So the conversation with, um, with the wife, with Linda um, before um, about what, what my goals are, how I'm going to treat him with respect, how I'm going to show him who I am, uh, that energizing conversation sets me up to go in feeling confident. So the, the moment before is um, a trusted partnership, uh, a trusted, supported, uh, loving relationship of a husband and a wife um, supported uh, to help me accomplish something that's going to ultimately help the family. So I'm feeling loved, I'm feeling supported, I'm feeling validated, I'm feeling understood. And all of that helps bring me right into the scene. Mm, mm, yeah. And, and and I guess just, just right immediately beforehand as well, though, we do have this, these moments where maybe, maybe he is feeling empowered, maybe he is feeling uplifted, but he's walked into the office and he's experienced all, all these eyes on him as well. And he's walked through yeah. everybody and like that possibly still feeling that, you know, positivity, but uh, you know, it is always it is always the case, isn't it? In reality, like you, you psych yourself up to this is the way this is going to occur. This is the way this thing is going to happen. And as soon as you walk in the door of a place, things that there's other mitigating factors that maybe sort of stop that the reality from happening and, and starts to affect you and starts to get in your way a little bit. And um, so I guess immediately before as well, he has just walked through this this office yeah. place as well, you know, and then. Um, yeah, I, I think having those expectations of how the conversation is going to play out is so important because it, the audience will see how tragic it ends up by me reacting to like this, this is not going the way I needed it to go. Yeah. If I didn't yeah. have an expectation and yeah. I, you know, to be really clear, I'm not talking about I'm going to play the scene like this. No. And this is how the line is going to be. And this is how I'm going to uh, react, right? Not that kind of an expectation. An mm. expectation of, a, of an outcome of this interaction is what I'm talking about. And, and when it's a surprise to me that it doesn't go the way I, I had imagined, that affects me deeply. 
But if I don't have an idea or an expectation of what that outcome is going to be, um, the, the audience's experience is not going to be as profound because it's not going to be as profound to me. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Believe in wholeheartedly in the, in the thing that that character wants to achieve, right? 100%. Um, great. This one, what is the main topic of the scene so i guess in this case what we're talking about when you're deciding this as an actor what is the main topic of the scene what we're thinking about is what is the purpose the overall purpose of the scene why is the writer written this this yeah. scene as part of the play why is it there why does it exist you know yeah and uh when when you helped me gain a deeper understanding about this question it became crystal crystal clear and it's actually it's, it's quite sad because the, to me, there's no coming back after this scene. Uh, it's, it's, it's the point of no return. I am not going to get my desired uh, non-traveling job. Uh, I'm not only not going to take the $65 a week, the $55, the $35. I'm not, I'm done, right? I'm, I've been told to go home. So the purpose of the scene is to show just how far Willie Loman has fallen and how disconnected to reality he is. It reveals um, his truth, his status, where he is. And without uh, the confrontation and being um, his truth being exposed, I, I've lost my job. I can no longer provide for my family. I only have one choice. The only way I can provide for my family is the life insurance policy. So this scene is so important because it, it, it reveals just how far gone he was to think that he's actually going to accomplish his goals. And then there's no coming back from this. Fantastic. It, it may make a huge note of that, people. So what Jared is doing there is even though he's maybe just performing this scene in isolation, maybe he's going to, into addition this one scene in isolation, he is looking at it in the overarching sort of whole picture of the whole play, and he's thinking that this is a very significant moment in the play, and, he, and he's going to make choices <laughs> as to what he's going to do as an actor based on that, right? And yeah. um, what happens after this moment, what happens before this moment? He's seeing the whole the whole piece basically and the, and the peaks and troughs that go on throughout the play and i think that's a huge huge thing quite often as actors that we just get a scene or whatever that we're going into audition we focus just solely on that scene you try but to feel something yeah you know actors spend so much time putting a, a focus on trying to feel something mm -hmm. look at how mad mm -hmm. i can get look at me cry you know watch me i can cry yeah yeah the, yeah the, the focus should be where we are right now yeah yeah yeah. What, what is the significance of the scene in terms of the whole play? You know, how am I serving the text best in this moment? That's, that's fantastic. Um, okay, we have our last few questions here, people. Uh, what is the character's biggest problem in the play? So not in the scene, I guess, it's in the whole play we're talking about here, Jared. So what's the main yeah. obstacle, the main problem? His mental lucidity. You know, it's... Um, it, his mental capacity is not what it once was. Um, you know, this is this is a play that's you know touching upon um, Alzheimer's, um, something that we know a lot about uh, today in terms of uh, recognizing signs and 
um, challenges that there are in uh, managing relationships uh, and patient care with people that have Alzheimer's. But when this play was written, we, we didn't know as much. Um, and so, you know, hey, he's going crazy. He's having another one of these spells. Um, I, I don't have the support structure around me to support me in my life through this mental degradation. So that, that the overall challenge that, I, that I'm working through is my ability to be mentally present and as uh, competent and alert like I was in my youth. Mm, mm. And, it, and that doesn't mean that's the sole obstacle that you're experiencing, right? Like that, that is the sort of main thing, but as Jared has demonstrated throughout this conversation that, you know, there's, there's as many obstacles as you can put in your way to the thing that you're, you're wanting to get and you want to achieve, the more interesting your performance comes as well. But if you're, you were to find that anchor point of what is he constantly fighting through, struggling through throughout this whole piece, then that is, that's a very, very strong thing to understand and find as well, right? And these are just ideas, right? There's, there's no right or wrong. Yeah. And we, you know, throughout the rehearsal process, we may find that every single thing that I've said is rubbish and we mm -hmm. discover something new. Yeah. You know, it, these are just thoughts. 100%. But you are putting yourself, if you approach an addition in this way, you're maneuvering yourself into a position of getting into some really deep, meaningful conversation with that director that you're auditioning in front of, uh, with the casting director, whoever it might be. And then they're starting to think, well, this is, this is an actor I could definitely work with. This is a thoughtful actor who is there to yeah. serve the text as a whole, not just to serve themselves and be like, uh, look at how amazing an actor I am. Like, um, so learn from this, people. Learn from the, the sheer amount of detail and specificity that, that Jared is going through uh, in this process. And yet again, it didn't take him long to write these things down, but it allows him to make these really, really detailed, specific choices. Um, okay, we're on our final <laughs> two questions, Jared. Um, so how does the character uh, react to this problem? So how, uh, like, I guess this inherits sort of a bit of an an action, a bit of a sort of way of, of being in the scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how does he tend to react to this throughout? Yeah, so when he's confronted with uh, not what he had expected, right? Uh, he's not going to get the, uh, the non-traveling sales job. He's not going to get the money. Um, everything is going in the wrong direction, right? He's, he's trying to find ways to salvage this. So he talks about his relate. I talk about my relationship to Howard's father how I helped name Howard. I talk about the promises that Howard's father made to me across this actual desk. Um, I appeal to the father in him, you know, looking at the, um, the, the tape, the audio tape of the, uh, the kid. Um, I, I offer to take less, you know, I started 65 bucks an hour and then it, this is a sad, it's really sad. I need 65 you know, bucks a week. Okay, I get, I could do, but with 50, 55, or, or okay, I'll take forty. It just drops and drops and drops. Or he, his dignity is being so he's haggling with himself. How mm -hmm. do I deal with this obstacle? I, I offer to take less. I, I devalue myself. I devalue my worth. I take less than I know I'm going to need, just to be able to provide something. 
Yeah. I, uh, I share stories in, in order to try to entrance Howard. I talk about the, the most amazing sales guy that ever, uh, that ever lived, a guy named Dave Singleman, who anywhere he was, any town in America, he would just pick up the phone and he, he knew somebody. He was the, the, you know, the, the best sales guy. And I, I tell the story about his death uh, and how, um, how sales is such a noble career. And I'm trying. I'm trying to find the humanity in the sales inside the career, so that Howard works with his heart as opposed to the numbers in his head. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I don't accomplish it, but <laughs> that, yeah, that's, how yeah. I, that's how I react. That's how I react to the problem. Those are, and there's probably you know 20 other things that that I do inside that scene, but those yeah. are some of the key, the key points that you know that jump out at me. And I mean, which makes it all the more tragic, right? When he's going in with his heart there yeah. um, and it doesn't manage to achieve it as well, it just makes it all the more crushing for him, right? Yeah. Um, hello, Daniel Kidmore. Nice of you to join us. Thank you very much. Um, and I guess, yeah, there's a bit of repetition in this final little bit here, Jared. We will just very briefly touch upon a bit of super objective. I think super objectives are maybe another session that we can sort of dive into that in a lot, lot more yeah, detail sure. because it is a lot to, for people to get their heads around, I guess, super objectives and things. But I guess super objective in a, in a nutshell is what is this overarching thing that your character wants to achieve in the, the entire scheme of the play, you know? Yep. Um, and it can be something quite philosophical. It can be something, you know, like uh, there's layers to this. So what do you think it is that Willie Loman wants to achieve? Uh, to, to make sure that his family will be okay when he's gone. To make sure that his family is provided for and his family is safe. I think if I, if I look at the, the super objective, the overall objective as that, then every single thing that I do in the play, I've got a, a North Star, you know, that I'm, I'm being guided towards. Hmm. And if what I do as an actor, if I make a choice that doesn't get me one step closer to that, it makes me stop and think, is that the right choice that I'm making as an actor? And if it is, how do I overcome that? deviation to put me back on the right path mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i'm as a as a, a human being uh, i tend to be a very uh, heart-centered person and so i'm not looking at the super objective of you know make money have a better life for me um, i'm more empathetic to others and so while doing the script analysis and the character analysis although willie has some ego about him and some you know lack of um, you know, self-awareness, rightly so, you know, because of his mental, um, you know, capacities, his faculties are, are diminishing. Um, I have to make sure that I, I don't impose myself too much on top of Willie, that I'm being faithful to Willie, but I think that all of his actions justify the same thing. I love my wife. Uh, I love my kids. I'm proud of my kids. I want to provide for them. Mm -hmm. He doesn't always do the right thing and do it well, right? He's an unfaithful husband. Uh, he doesn't treat his two sons the same, um, the same way, right? He's, there is some favoritism for sure. Um, but we're all flawed people. That doesn't mean that his, his objective in life is to care for his family. I think he's, mm -hmm. he's selfless instead of selfish in, those, mm -hmm. in that capacity. So I, I look at that as being the overall super objective. No, that's wonderful. That's, and and, and I, lo I love that. Like, um, you mentioned how you are as a person, right? And you said you didn't want to impose anything on, on that character, right? But I guess 
there is that bit of responsibility as an actor as well is to find part of you that you can add to this character and if you can add that into the north star of the yes Sinucci, yeah. <laughs> into the north star of your super objective then you're right you're always when you feel a little bit lost and you feel a little bit off track or whatever you're always going to be able to find that real heartfelt yeah. connection as well so it's, it's it's not a bad thing finding a way you know to add something personally that you you can relate to within that as well just as long as it's justified in the text right uh yeah. you just add something in willy-nilly but um uh, yes hey, I'm, uh, I'm just looking at the time we've just got four minutes left and i don't want to get uh cut off i think not i've had it too, too too much not at all not at all man i think what i have learned is just an observer today um in this exercise is just the wealth of things and i'll ask you in a little second like where that makes you feel as an actor so if, if we were hypothetically away walking to the audition room right now you just went through this exercise where you're feeling yeah. you're at but oh my goodness how much life how much of the world of the play you're able to add to this and of course this is a character in a play you know quite well but i equally feel as long as you read the play a couple of times and go through this exercise that you can still be going in with as much depth and as much understanding of the entire play just by doing the short 10 15 minute exercise these short 10 questions can just unlock so so much for you you guys out there as as actors as performers so i guess how, how are you feeling after doing that exercise jared and we've obviously taken a little while to to, to chat about it and things like that if you were to walk into the audition room uh right now how are you feeling uh, if i walked into the audition room and, and delivered a scene um that we just talked about uh i like right now i feel grounded secure in my choices as an actor i feel very present and i feel deeply connected to the circumstances that willie and empathetic to the circumstances that uh, willie's going through mm. so it's it's helped me gain clarity on who he is, why he is, where he is, what he wants, how he's going to go about getting it, um, and what the expectations are. Mm, mm. And also within that, right, there's always going to be this inevitability in an audition room where you're maybe throwing a curveball or somebody asks you to do something or whatever. Um, and I guess the, the, the benefits of doing this as well is you can always be in that discussion of, Oh, and really, I, I thought I, I thought about this, and you can get in this right. negotiation of what you guys think is best for the character at that time, right? Um, which is a really, really nice side to to show as well. You know, obviously, you want to be flexible, you want to be adaptable, but you, you want to show you've really, really thought about this and where this character fits in the world of the play. But um, wow, I, I love that. I really, really enjoyed that process, and uh, I feel like I'm going to put on Death of a Salesman now. I feel like uh, yeah, let's, let's go for it. <laughs> That's our next session. We'll just do. Two man, death of a salesman, me and you. Here we go. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> but nice one, um, Jared. Thank you so so much thank for uh, yeah. the, that stuff. wealth of, of prep there. And uh, if anybody wants these ten questions, just give us a shout, give us a message. We'll be more than happy to pass out those ten evidence questions for you guys to use in your acting toolkit. And we'll have to do endowments sometime, some other time. Sure. We'll have to yep. get it, get involved. But no, fantastic, Jared. I wish you all the best in your day in New Jersey. It's getting quite late here in Aberdeen. And I'm going to be honest, I'll probably get my pajamas on and <laughs> call in for the night. But until next time, my friend, in two weeks' time, we'll be back. See you in two weeks. I'll see you in two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks on IG Live. Okay. Uh, we'll see you later, people. Thanks very much for joining us today. See you later uh, on, John. Take bye care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.